I've been sort of going uh, with the, the normal schedule of the way things should happen, but I've just had a sense in my heart this morning, God wanted to do something a little different, and I've been just waiting on Him quietly and being as quiet as I could be, and sitting at the back, and then coming in an auditorium. So I'm going to do something a little different right now by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm going to just ask a few people to do something in affirmative uh, to a religious spirit, someone who may be visiting here for the first time, someone who might just be uh, not a frequent a visit, a person who frequents the church often. This might seem to you as very personal. It might seem to you that me as a leader in the frontier I'm doing this for my own benefit but I have to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and if you've been in the church long enough with me you'll know that and so you'll know what I'm about to do is because the Holy Spirit's telling me to do it Amen so those people that have been around me long enough you know that I love you. Do you know that I love you. Do you know that I can't love all of you the way that I love you without the love of God being the primary motivator of my life? Yes? Yeah. Stephanie, do you know that I love you? Yeah. Joshua, do you know that I love you? What about you? I know it. Do you know it? I'm glad you said yes. <laughs> what about you? I love you. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Yeah. I love you too. What about you, Melissa? My son better say yes, otherwise. What about you, Miles? Yeah. What about you, Jared? Hey? Brattles. What about you? Dr. Nico, do you know that I love you? Yeah. Charles, why at the back there, do you know that I love you? Yeah. There's a great spirit of love in this church. It's the love of God, it's not the love of men. It's the love of God. Yeah. If I, if you know that I love you, how much more do you think the Heavenly Father loves you? If you can touch the love of this human form of God's love, how much more do you think the love of God is so powerful towards you? That it's the greatest, greatest thing that you can trust. If you think you trust the love of God in me, for you, how much more do you think, if I'm not even here, 
How much more do you think the love of God can be trusted by you? I know, I know that you don't see Him the way you see me and I'm, I'm the human form that you touch of His love. But let me tell you, the way that He loves you is so much better. It's so much greater. So I've come to tell you by the love of God today, that you have, you have uh, a need for things to be met in you right now. So I'm going to just be led by the Holy Spirit. I know so many of you and thank God that we've walked life together. So if I have to go talk about the way that Zelda wants to have her needs met. She's kind of matter of fact, to the point. Don't get fuzzy with me. Deal with the issue. Let's move on. Right, Sal? Other people will deal with it. If Pastor Lynn needs to have a need net, he wants to know all the facts. He wants to talk through it. He wants to think about it. He wants to chew on it. And then he'll ask a few questions. And then when he's got through processing all of it, he'll say, okay, now we can talk. Right, Pastor Lynn? So there's different ways that people need to have their needs met. It's the way that they go about having needs met. The way that you go about having your needs met is not the way God is required to have your needs met. So just because Zelda wants God to deal with her in a matter of fact doesn't mean he's obligated to do so. Even though he made her. Even though Pastor Lynn would like God to deal with him in the way that God, he wants God to deal with him. It doesn't make God obligated to deal with him that way. And so are all of you. So the way that you want God to meet your needs is not necessarily an obligation on God's part to meet your So there's the way you want God to meet your needs and then there's the way God can and will and does meet your needs. And I'm here under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to tell you that the love of God is busy working things out for you in your life that you can't see it because sometimes the way that you want God to meet your needs and the way you're looking for Him to meet your needs is not the way that He's obligated to meet your needs. And He will come into your life with His great love, His overwhelming passion, His intensity, His great joy and love for you. And He will come into your life and He will meet your need. Now I have one more thing to say by the Holy Spirit. And that is that your needs are very different. Your needs are very different. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Very different needs all across the auditorium. Because your lives are at different stages, different ages, different things going on. There are different things happening. So, young 
Mia Lachtalam there is at a certain age in her life and I'm here to tell you Mia there are some things that are very deep in your heart that are secret only to you. Mom and dad don't know about it because that's between you and God. Carry them deep in your heart. God is busy making a way to answer those things. You don't have to tell anybody as long as God knows them. And those needs, He's going to meet those needs the way that He can, not the way anybody else can. Yeah. And you, Sunel, same thing. You've got desires before the Lord no one else knows about. He hasn't forgot. Just because they haven't happened yet, because you can't see them happening yet, doesn't mean. And there's a whole bunch of you over here. There's things that you, before the Lord, they say, Hey, come on, Lord. When? How? What? I can't see it. He's got the greatest love for you than I could ever have. And I know that you guys, you touch my love for you. It's true. It's real because it's God. No fake stuff going on here. Right? From you or from me. Yeah. And that goes for you too, Cromwell, behind the camera. Yes. Yes. The Lord knows what's going on in your life and in your heart more than you think He does. Your quiet personality is going to sort you out. Hallelujah. Sometimes quiet people have deep, deep emotions. They have things going on inside of them that are so intense. But on the outside, it's like you're not even showing any emotion. You don't even know that this person is feeling anything. But deep inside, there's a raging torrent of emotion. God sees it all. God sees it all. And I want to tell you, He's answering it all. If you will trust Him, if you will trust His love, if you will see that God loves you so great that everything He's got, He's working it out for your love. The love of God is working for you. Hallelujah. He's working it out for you, Nick. He is. He sees things about your life that you don't think He sees, but He sees it. Oh yes. And the two of you too. <laughs> you know. You know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know the love of God is strong. You know the love of God is real. You touch it in each other. When you hug each other, you talk to each other, you commune with each other, you touch the love of God in each other. It's a powerful force of the love that flows between each other. And when you touch the love of God in each other, you remind each other, remind each other, this is a real love, but it's not even a fraction of the love of God that He has for you. And what you're touching and what you're feeling in, the, in amongst the people of God it's just a little, it's just a little. It's the human interface of the true love of God that is rushing towards you, that is overwhelming you, that is abiding in you, 
that is coming upon you, that is there for you to trust in more than you can trust money, more than you can trust the job, more than you can trust anything in your in this natural world, the love of God, you can trust it. Everything else that's messaging from the world will try and make you distrust the love of God. I'm telling you, by the Holy Spirit this morning, you can trust Him. It's time to trust the love of God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, it might be that people have let you down. Men might have let you down. Women might have let you down. Bosses might have let you down. Systems might have let you down. But it's not Jesus. Churches might have let you down. Church leaders might have let you down. But that's not Jesus. And everybody would like you to think that all those things represent Jesus. They don't. Only He can represent Himself. The Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit. They are the love of God. They represent themselves. They are magnificent. They are eternal in their love. There's no shadow of turning. There's no change to their love. It flows. It flows like an unrestrained river day and night. Like the oceans breaking on the seashore day and night. The love of God, you can count on it. It just keeps breaking and breaking and break it and it's there every day every night every moment doesn't matter where you go when you come to the sea there's a breaking wave it's the breaking wave of the love of God is always there for you hallelujah praise Jesus praise Jesus praise Jesus come on just raise your hands and praise him just praise him just praise him just praise Him. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. We have to declare that we love you too, Lord. We love you. And we thank you for your great love that you show towards us. And even though we sometimes don't think we see it, we receive it. We receive it. We open our hearts, we open our hands, we open our lives and we say we receive your love. Pour it out upon us, Lord. And where we don't have eyes to see, let us see. Where we don't have the ability to know You, let us know You more. Help us to know You more. Just pour Your love out upon us, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise You, Jesus. Praise You, Jesus. Praise You, Jesus. Praise You, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's just playing just gently but keep going going with the music while they're playing the music let's just take a 60 seconds here and just in your quiet way in your louder way in whatever way just say I'm ready Lord I'm ready I'm ready I'm wanting you to just give it all to me just give it all to me I'm opening my heart and where I'm not capable I'm gonna tell you Lord I'll do what I can I'll do what I can in my frailty I'm ready for you, Lord. I'm ready for you in my frailty, in my humanity. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for your love.
fighting my soul right now because <laughs> my humanity doesn't want to say this, but the Spirit of God, I have to just obey Him. You know, I want to tell you that there are many, many people here in different stages of your life financially. And I want to tell you that God is speaking. I've had it. I've had it come upon me once like this where I told everybody in Whitbank to get out of debt because there was something coming and you needed to be ready for what was coming. I had no idea how felt Steel was going to close and was going to have all that stuff. But I want to tell you that the opposite word is coming out of my mouth today. There is a great, great wealth coming. There is a great flow of money that's coming. There is a great opening of jobs and increase and and many things coming, it's happening. There are those of you that are called to business and finance here, and you better be on the lookout that God is about to open up things of wealth to you. But you gotta be careful that you don't say this wealth is for me. But I'm telling you, He's getting ready to bless people financially. Getting ready to bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you. I want to tell you, it's going to be like an earthquake. The ground is going to shake because the blessing of God is going to be open to us. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. So you need to be ready with your comfort, your declaration. And you need to be ready with your ability to speak words. And have your nets ready to catch a big, big catch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. I have to do this. People know me, I, I know where people fit. But Vander, I'm telling you, you better be ready. God's gonna do something for you. <laughs> be ready. Hallelujah. You know, I know Vander doesn't like to have attention drawn to him. <laughs> but today the Lord wanted to draw attention to him publicly. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Come us, the achter. Ja man, jij, jij wat die elektriciteit van die kerk krijgt gemaakt. Jij, come us. You better get your mouth right and you better speak into your future and speak that business because God's going to increase you. Because you've been faithful in taking care of people and doing things for the kingdom. Get ready, Corvus. Speak it out. You need to speak it out. You need to speak it out every day. Woke up and say, I'm waiting for it. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm preparing for it. Bring it on, Lord. Bring it on, Lord. Bring it on. Bring it on. And that thing I'm saying to Corvus, that applies to all of you. Bring it on. Bring it on, Lord. Bring it on. Bring it on, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready for the increase, I'm ready for the abundance, I'm ready for the blessing, I'm ready for your great love to be poured out upon me, I'm ready for your love, I'm ready for your love, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready for it, Lord, I'm ready for it, bring it on, Lord, hallelujah. 
praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, by the Holy Spirit, I needed to point out a few people here today. But uh, yeah, if I haven't pointed to you, it doesn't mean God's not speaking to you. He's speaking to you. Speaking to every one of you personally. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, I've got to take him an offering. I'm supposed to do a presentation. I can't do that this morning. But the Lord has just given me wisdom right now. He spoke to me. Because I felt like I've got to, I've got to lay hands on people or I've got to have a point of contact for this, uh, this anointing that's on, on, on me this morning for you. And then I saw, oh, we got this missions envelope. And uh, if you haven't got one, let the people that have got the envelopes let them give you one I don't care if you put one rand in here or two rand or whatever I want you to put some money in the missions envelope and then I'm going to pray for it and then we are going to use this as a point of contact can someone bring if you haven't got a missions envelope can someone bring one into the auditorium and hand out to people oh okay I haven't seen her I haven't seen her no, no, we'll do this, we'll do this. Hannah knows how to deal with the anointing. Yes, yes. I was, I didn't see her. No. No. Praise Jesus. Bryn, I don't have any cash money on me. Can someone lend me some money? I lost my wallet, thank you. I lost my wallet and I don't carry money around with me anymore. I've got to get a new wallet. <laughs> they will try to steal something from me and the Lord's going to return it. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Steph. Yeah, I need this. Praise the Lord. This is going to help people at uh, Spring Valley. We're going to... At the end of the message here, we're going to roll the pictures of what we're doing at Spring Valley. So you can see what your money is going to go and do. But today, God's doing something supernatural here. He's releasing money and we're going to release money out of our hands. Before we take up the offering, I want Hannah to come and give the word that she's got from the Lord here. So let's just listen, please. Pastor John, just as confirmation also, you know, we were sitting in pre-service prayer this morning and the anointing started to come on me so strong for this. And I tried to stay with Hazel with what we were praying about, but... It just kept on coming up on the financial. And then you started flowing with the love of God. And I thought, my goodness, are you missing it? Because you're going in a completely different direction. And then you came this way. So it's just a confirmation of that as well. I also heard in that very clearly that there will be declarations that you will make. And you've made so many of them already. But I'm expecting it for the whole rest of the service. There are things that you are declaring today that... It changes, it changes everything. It, changes it goes everything. into the air. It, it shifts. It, it, it cuts through. It changes it everything. Amen. Under your authority, what I need to do is yes. just on behalf of business 
and finances and income. I speak to the north, I speak to the south, I speak to the eastern, I speak to the west, and I tell you, give up. Wherever money has been unrighteously held back, give it up right now in Jesus' name into the hands of the church, of the ecclesia. There are things that we need to get done for the Lord, and I call that money to be released from wherever it has been unrighteously held up devil get your hands off our money in Jesus name it comes into the kingdom now in Jesus name Hallelujah. and there's that same thing Pastor John you had it as a shaking like a um, earthquake. more like an earthquake I saw it this morning like um, you know when, when, when water will blow wells when wells, coming out. and it blows things like that will blow and it will flow and it will come. Very important with that, exactly what you said as well, is it's not for our enrichment. Yes, of course, there yes. will be some benefit yes. to us, but it is for the church. It yes. is for building the house yes. of the Lord. And there's purpose of that. And in the doing that, he will take very good care of us. There is no worry about it. But to keep straight with what the purpose of the money is, it's yes. not for us to go and live big, lavish lives. It's not yes. what it is about. Yes. So that, and then there was one more thing on it. And that's not for everyone because people obviously are so individual in their approach. But if you have, if you are someone who likes a deal and who likes to sell, <laughs> you know, likes to get something for cheaper and always negotiate and go for cheaper, watch that you don't bring that over into the kingdom. We are not trying to save God money in anything that we are doing. We are not trying to get in cheaper deals. We don't need to go for a lower level because that kind of financially, logically makes more sense. We're going for the best. And if he says, pay double for it, then we'll pay double for it. Because he's made the money. It's not a problem for him to get it back into the right hands. But watch for it. That we don't carry over that same saving, making a deal, always needing to work with a budget to the Lord and to the house of the God, of the Lord. Let's watch our attitude on that. Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. Hallelujah. Yes, that says the Lord. That says the Lord. Praise that the Lord. says the Lord today. Praise Jesus. Well, uh, you know, the Lord spoke through me, but He also spoke through one of, one of uh, the daughters of the house. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You got your envelope? Just uh, take your envelope and hold it in your hands like this, please. Father, I declare that as each one of these people hold this envelope and we sow this money, this seed, as we sow this money into helping the poor and bringing relief to children and a youth community and feed the poor, I pray, Father, that this point of contact is the earthquake. It's the beginning of the earthquake of the release of what you need to do and you want to do. That all those wells that need to be blown wide open so that the rivers can run, that they will be blown wide open, Father. Today, we do something significant in the Spirit. Today, we are in agreement with your words that you spoke over us today, that things are changing. We receive the change, we receive your anointing, we receive your supernatural ability. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Are you in agreement with us, prayer this morning? Then please say amen. Amen.
And say it again, Amen. And then say, so be it. In Jesus' Name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you. Well, I didn't plan for this, so I don't know if we can take up the offering. Yeah, ushers, I see. Please come and take up the offering. In the meantime, you may be seated and you can put this into the bag. Thank you. You guys can go now. Yeah. Yes, they can give it as they go down. Thank you. Thank you. Praise Jesus. Well, I was going to go through my slides from yesterday as a, as a quick review, but uh, the Holy Spirit, I mean, I have a plan before I come to meeting. I have a plan that I have in prayer with God. He's always welcome to change it. You know, and oftentimes I come into church and he changes it little bit, little bit, little bit, and then sometimes he changes it a lot. And so we must just flow with the way he he goes, right? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. I'm going to just go this way and I sense the Holy Spirit's just going to keep doing something different this morning and I just got to flow with how I go with Him moment by moment. We'll see how it all unfolds as the service goes on. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise the Lord. Yeah. This weekend is about crossover. It's about going across and forming something new. You know, in, every, in everything God does, there has always been, there has always been and there always will be, someone, or a group of people that will not agree with what God's doing. Yeah. Oftentimes, it takes a small group of people or a single person to obey God before other people get to see that God is doing something different. I believe that the greatest move of God that is about to unfold on the earth is the move of the love of God. I believe that with all my heart. 
And the reason I believe that is because if you understand the love of God and you know what the love of God is, it's the most powerful force in the universe. There is no force that can stand against the love of God. There is no force. It's the most powerful force. It's the love of God. Because God and His love are the same thing. You can't separate His love and God. Oftentimes, when we deal with the love of God, and this has got nothing to do with my notes, this is the Holy Ghost right now. And, you know, oftentimes, when people are dealing with other people, when we're dealing with humans and the love, and love, you, uh, I always used to have this conversation with people who intellectually want to debate God. And uh, you can't. Because once people have made an intellectual stand about whether God exists or He doesn't, or, or how much they actually believe God or don't believe God, once people have made that intellectual and emotional stand, they are not going to change. They, may, they might concede intellectual points, but they'll come back with another intellectual point to try and justify what they already believe. So you can't debate God with someone who doesn't believe in God. Or they have chosen to believe God in a certain way. So when, when I used to do that, I, uh, 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 there's no winning a conversation. So I would always say to them, okay, let's start off with this. Please explain love to me. And uh, why you love someone and why you don't love someone. And so then they can't. Because they would explain it as an emotion. And I would say, but that's not love. That's a symptom of love. And they would, expl- they would uh, describe it as an expression. So uh, you can see my love because maybe I hold your hand or I hug you or I kiss you or I do something for you. I buy you something or I provide for you or I or I protect you, or I do things for you. But that's not love. That is an expression of something that you believe to be love. Right? And so, no one can actually define what anybody else's love is. I mean, I'm getting a little deep here, but bear with me. No one else can, you can't, you can't tell me what my love is because you're not me. So you might see things that express my love, but it's still not my love because you can't get in me and see what my love is. So we satisfy ourselves with each other's expression of love, whatever that looks like. But with God, His expression of love and Himself is the same thing And they are always consistent and they're always eternally the same. They do not change based on whether you satisfy anything that your love demands. So in a human sense, your expression of love may demand a reciprocation of love. I love you, therefore you must reciprocate in your love with me. And if you don't love me back, I will do things that tell you I don't like that you're not loving me back the way I want to be loved or I will do things that will punish you for the fact that you don't love me back 
And if you do love me, these are the terms of my love. That is the human way of love. And so in our world today, we call it a compromise. God has none of that in his vocabulary. That is not God. God has no, uh, he's got no position about you loving him. He's already made his stand clear. You can't love me to my standard of love. Right? We can't. No one has even been able to do that, including Adam and Eve. And they had the love of God in them. And they couldn't love God to his standard of love because they made the wrong choice. So he said, I know you can't, so I'm going to bring myself in the form of Jesus from heaven. And I'm going to walk among you and I'm going to show you the expression of love. Then the ultimate expression is that I'm going to die for you without you needing to know that I need to die for you. I'm going to die for you. And then God the Father is going to raise me from the dead. And then from that moment on, you don't ever have to do anything in return for my love. Just believe that I did it. And all you have to do is believe that I did it, and that's enough. Let's talk. Oh, you don't quite have enough faith. Stick around with me, you'll get it. Oh, you don't have enough provision. Stick with me, I'll give it. Oh, you don't have enough healing. Hold on, it's coming. Or have it now. There's nothing you can do to get it. Believe me. And the world system, in the level of performance of love, it's got to be like this or else. This is my demonstration, so you must give a demonstration. I must, you offer that, I'm going to give that. You, uh, you want something from me? Give me something back. It's a performance-based love. It is also an expression of the way you want to love, but it is also an expression of the way you demand to be loved. And that's not the love of God. God says, I don't care about your expression of love because when Jesus died, he took care of all of your inability to show no love. Wow. It's unconditional. <laughs> Do you understand that? That the love of God is unconditional. There is no condition under which you can sit that the love of God is not coming towards you. It's pure. It's forever. It's just full out. Never stops. Never stops. Why is this going to be the greatest expression of God on the earth coming in the future? And it's coming now. Because the love of ourselves as a, as a humanity is growing stronger. We want things our way. And the more you want things your way, the more you want, you're going to isolate yourself. And the more isolated you become, the more desperate you have a need. Even if you don't know you have a need, your need is growing. Because 
God never designed any human to be isolated. He designed humans to be integrated. And the only thing that's going to integrate humanity is the love of God. It's not compromise. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. And everything we do as a church has got to be based on the love of God. So my exchange ministries is coming your way soon. My exchange in everything that God has got for us is coming your way. And part of the reason why God is doing this is because He's opening up platforms, He's opening up doors, and He's opening us opportunities for us to multiply and to take the love of God to the world. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Because the greatest way that we are going to touch the world is the love of God. It's the love of God. And I'll tell you, if we get better at this between us, we become irresistible. I know as a church, we've been going through a phase right now where we are, we are establishing. We are establishing. And by the way, the anointing has not lifted on me just because I'm talking about the church now. This anointing is for you here to see. But we have been going through a, through a phase in the ministry where we have been crossing over from a certain way we have done church and ministry to the way we are working towards it. And we've had some rocky ground and we've had some digging going on and we've had some leveling out happening and we've had some different things happening around us that we're not sure of. And we haven't found a solution for that yet because a new problem arose. But I'll tell you, God's got us. God's got us. Hallelujah. And every single person that is here or listening to this, the answer, the questions that you have in your heart, God is going to answer it. All you need to do is be ready to hear what he says, not what you think he ought to be saying to you. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. So, there's going to be new things flowing. There's going to be new things flowing, new things, new things. The new things are going to flow. New things are going to flow. They're going to open up opportunities. They're going to also create problems. Remember, many times ago, I spoke about messy to marvelous. You can't have marvelous without messy. You can't have a grown-up child without the child being a baby and messing in its nappies. Having a child means you get a messy baby nappy. Stinky, ugly, wipe it clean. And a few hours, it does it again. Won't this thing grow up? Can we just stop not putting new nappies on all the time? No, it grows up in its time. Our job, keep fixing nappies till it grows up and it doesn't need nappies anymore. Isn't that a big breakthrough when a kid doesn't have to have nappies anymore? It's like a whole liberated kid. It is. It is. You, the guy's carrying this heavy thing around. And it gets wet and it gets all smelly. 
Or, you know, and then eventually it grows up and it doesn't have to wear an nappy. Mommy, I need toilet, toilet, toilet. It's already a whole new grown-up kid. Just because it doesn't have to carry this weight all every time and it can communicate it needs something. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. So if we're in a ministry that's going through some messy and some smelly and uh, we got to fix this and I don't see why, how we're going to solve this problem, how are we going to get out of that? Hold on, we're growing up. We're growing up, we're growing up, we're growing up. It won't always be like this. I think we're doing all right, but we can do a lot better. And so God's going to do new things. And He's going to do new things through people that you least expected from. Watch this space. You know, in the world system, things happen through shakers and movers. They call them now the influencers. And so you don't have to be a politician to be an influencer. You can just be wild dancer on TikTok or Instagram or something, and you can be an influencer. And so if you're an influencer, you've made it. You're in. I had such a funny thing happening outside of my house yesterday. Or the day before, yesterday. This person, I don't know what gender this person was. I'm not making any judgments about it, but this person came and stood on this little wooden deck by the water, and uh, next minute there was a guy came with cameras, and they had this big thing, and they were taking pictures, and a complete pure white suit, white uh, sunglasses on, and dreadlocks that were white, you know, and uh, this person was standing there, like, and then first of all, I mean, the camera guy was doing the thing there, and and then this this person was like going like this, you know. And there was no pictures being taken, but you know, then they went like this, and they went like this. but no pictures. They they're just practicing it. And then when the cameras came out, you know, it started off like this, like this, you know. <laughs> And then it went like this. <laughs> I'm kidding you not. And I went, oh. <laughs> Did you see it too, man? The whole thing? I'm telling you, it was crazy. And I'm standing there and I'm looking at this thing and I'm saying, what on earth is going on here? <laughs> you know? And then immediately, TikTok influencer came to my mind. They're doing something here because they want to have a following. Well, you know, it's going to happen. The new things are going to happen with people that are not. <laughs> Watch me. It's going to happen because God's got his touch on you. He's got his touch on you. God his touch on you. It's got his touch on you. It's got his touch on you. And you say, oh, but Lord, uh, I wasn't expecting that. That's the point. You think you can use me like that? Yes, I'm waiting for you. Just go. Just use it. Just use it. Sometimes it will start 
And if you, if you were here yesterday and you heard me read some of that story, and, and in, that, in that battle, you know, he, it was like they made casual decisions to, to put the sword in and fasten themselves to the side of the mountain. And then wisdom appeared. And wisdom said, you made the right choice. And if you remember, I read how casually he thought he made the decision and, and yet it was such a big decision. Sometimes the Lord will say, make a phone call to this person and just encourage them. But Lord, that person doesn't even hardly know me. What's the phone call gonna, what worth is that phone call? Just do it. Just do it. Watch how God can use things. Hey, Marnus. Hey, Marnus. Hey, Cindy. Watch how God can do things. Yeah? Praise the Lord. Do you want God to use you, Marnus? You do. What about you, Cindy? You do. Well, he's going to. Count on it. Be ready for it. Yeah. Be ready for it. Praise the Lord. Okay. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. It's going to happen in the most unexpected places, unexpected ways. And things are going to happen that look insignificant, but one thing leads to another. You know how you destroy a whole line of dominoes? Just one. Just one. You touch the first one and the rest go down automatically. God is just looking for the domino effect. And your domino that you are might be the number one. It might be the number 10. But if you don't fall, the rest doesn't happen. And that could be a phone call, it could be a move, it could be a this, it could be a that. Got to be ready for what God has. Got to be ready. Got to be. You got to be. You got to be. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I go to America. <laughs> they don't want me to talk American. They want me to talk English. They say my English accent is better than their American accent. They like mine more. I go and preach in different places in America and they say, we can just sit and listen to you all day. I said, why? Because your accent. I said, because my preaching. No, it's because of your accent. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Joshua takes over Israel when Moses is dead. So Moses is dead. Oh, this great leader that led us out of Egypt that 
that uh, touched the wall, that hand out, ha, ha, held out his rod and opened up the Red Sea. He spoke to God and he brought the Ten Commandments. And his, the, his countenance shined. And this man where people spoke against him, his own sister-in-law uh, spoke against him. And uh, she got leprosy because she spoke against God's anointed. And then there was a whole group of people, Korah and Dathan, a couple of others. They all had words to say against Moses. And God gave them an opportunity to withdraw the words. And they refused to because they said Moses is just a man like we are. And then the next minute, the earth opened up and swallowed out thousands of people that followed those guys. That Moses is now dead. Well, we found out later he went missing in action. Yeah, because God took him. Because he reappeared later. Amen. Amen. Just indulge me for a little bit. Moses is dead. And uh, Joshua is a young man that's got to follow in, in Moses' footsteps. Well, he's not so young anymore. He was young, and he served Moses for 40 years. And so, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you hear that? He served Moses for 40 years. What? Who served someone for 40 years? There's plenty. There's plenty. So 40 years later, God picks jo Joshua, says, you're the next generation leader, Joshua. And now the time has come for Joshua to lead. And, uh, and I'm going to read to you from Joshua chapter 3, verse 9. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, come here. And hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hibites, the Perizzites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant. To me, this is not insignificant. The Ark of Covenant. Yes? Covenant. That means a relationship that is indisputable because God's going to answer. The Ark of Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into Jordan. Now, therefore, take for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan, with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the time of harvest. In other words, this was a time of harvest. The waters had overflown the banks 
And they came to stand on the edge of the overflowing banks of water at time of harvest. That the waters which came down from upstream stood still, rose in a heap very far away at Adam. The city is beside Zeratan. So the waters that went down into the sea of the Araba, the salt sea, failed and were cut off and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. So this whole weekend, God has had me talking about crossing over. Yes? Crossing over. And we talked about bridges and the the extent and the commitment to which you will be prepared to invest in a bridge will be dependent on the obstacle you must overcome or the level of growth you want to have or the level of productivity and resources you want to unlock. So crossing over is something that we must do. Right? Amen, everybody. God shows another way to cross over. Instead of going over, He just creates a way where there is no way. In this case, He went under the water. But he He didn't make a tunnel because of an engineering feat, he just stopped the water. So, what he did was in a time of harvest when the water is, is bursting and overflowing and there's a greater flow of water, he said, it's your time to cross. It would have been a much more prudent, wise thing in human terms to wait until it was not harvest time when the waters were not bursting their banks so that the engineering feat could be less required. But God's demonstration of power is not dependent on human reason or logic or your perceived best circumstance. When God says move, that's the time to move. And then He does what He does. Am I right? Then he does what he does. In this case, God said, cross over. You guys don't have any engineering capability right now. Let me ask you this. This bridge that you see behind us, do you think uh, when the engineers uh, that studied at university decided they could build a bridge like that, that's when God found out about it? Huh? So when did, God, when did God find out about bridge building? Now, now we're going to touch on a big doctrine. How did, when did God find out about bridge building? He didn't find out. He knew. Maybe, maybe it's because he created it. Is that what you're trying to say, Pastor? He's the original engineer. He created it. So it just took mankind time to catch up what God already had in him. Okay, humans, when you get to this point in time, you'll need engineering skills, and I'll let you into how to do it. 
and you think it's because you got high IQ that you're smart enough to figure it out. And he says, I'm just going to open my secrets of geometry, algebra, trigonometry, all of those things that you need to make it. I'm going to open the world up to you so now you can see. And now we hail all these very smart guys with all their high IQs that they discovered science. No, it was God just peeling back human blindfolds. It's time for you to see this. It's okay for you to see this. It's okay for you to see it. But a lot of those people didn't even believe in God. God doesn't care about the vessel. If it's time for him to see it, he'll reveal it to whoever is ready to see it. You think God needed to use a donkey to speak? He made a point of using a donkey to speak in the Old Testament. He can use any kind of beast to do anything he wants. I mean, Jesus walked around on earth, he used boats, he used donkeys, he walked on his feet, he did things. But there were times when God said, the way that you're moving on the earth is not quick enough. I'm just going to move you to where you have to be so that you're in my timetable. And the disciples just happened to be in the boat and the way that it's written in the Bible, and then they were on the other side. He just bypassed all of signs and said, time is not in the, this timetable is not working the way I said it should. Let's change the time. He did it in the Old Testament. Oh, you need more time to fight a battle and win. Just hold up your hands and I'll make the, sands, the sun stand still. God can do that. Hallelujah. So, we are crossing over. And there are things that God is doing right now that are amazing. They are wonderful. And uh, I am deeply grateful that... God has, has chosen us to do some things for Him. And I'm glad that we could do it together. Aren't you? Yeah, I'm very glad. I'm so blessed. People, many people, I, and so just in case you know, I want to I just say something about this. I believe that science is actually evidence that God is. And whoever are very knowledgeable scientists in the medical profession, in the physics arena, in the geological arena, in whatever arena you want to talk about, mechanical engineering, any form of engineering, all of those kind of scientific-based things are just an affirmation that God is great. And if we are Christians, we should embrace science. But we should not put science as a higher level of importance than God. In the same way, as Christians, we should embrace commerce. But if commerce is more important than God, then commerce has become our God. And if science is more important than God, then science has become our God. And the minute science and commerce becomes our God, we are lost. 
Because then those things become our idols, not God. Praise the Lord. Everything about this service this morning is about the Holy Spirit. It's about the Holy Spirit. He is speaking many words today that I can tell you. I was getting myself ready for whatever he wanted to say because he was on me this morning. In fact, some of my family were there and said, I think it was my son, Pastor G. He was in the room and he said, oh, it's quite serious in this uh, speaker's lounge this morning. It was because I was quiet. And I was serious about hearing what the Lord needed to say this morning. And so I even said, Pastor Sharon, I'm not going to come sit on the front row. I want to go and sit at the back of the church because I want to just not have eyes on me. I want to hear what the Lord says. I can do both. But this morning I was just doing something that I felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to do. And I'm still there. So thank you for praying in pre-service prayer. Thank you for praying this out. Thank you for praying out on Thursdays. Thank you for praying out every other prayers that you pray. Tuesday nights that you pray that make these things happen. Thank you. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to come back to what happened with, jo with, with Joshua and the people and the crossing over. I'm going to speak about that for a few minutes. Um, and uh, I know we're having a different service here today. But, uh, but chapter 4 says, And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from every tribe. Now, you're going to hear this, Pastor Sharon. You are going to hear this now. Take for yourself 12 stones from here. Out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry these 12 stones over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men and he appointed the children, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. Each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded. And they took up the 12 stones and they put them in the place. Praise the Lord. And so they did it. Verse 19, Now the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did so to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord 
that it is mighty and that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Why were these men carrying stones from the middle of the water? Why were these men carrying stones? And they carried them out onto the dry land. And then when they camped there that night, they took those 12 stones and they put all the stones together and they made a memorial. For what purpose? This was not for the people that were involved in the crossing. That was for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. God was building something that could be seen by the next generations. If you think that God's not interested in the next generation, He's all about the next generation. Because you and I were once a next generation, if you're a bit older. Now, we are wanting to secure a place for the next generation. Amen. Amen. So, let's just, uh, let's just work through some stuff now. We've got a whole bunch of young people in this auditorium. They're sitting in a lot of places, but a lot of the times they come and they sit together. So if I look at them sitting here, for the most part, they have very little financial resources. Very little. Most of them uh, are wanting to, they're dreaming about having a lot of extra money because they're dreaming about having things of their own. They want places to live on their own. They want cars of their own. They want uh, to build a life of their own. So they don't have that much resources. They have limited resources. I'm not talking about their parents' resources. I'm talking about them. Are you with me? So they have limited resources. But they got something that's really, for me, it's amazing. They, they're young. But they're young in a place where God is. That's a whole lot better than being young. Because if you're young and you're not in a place where God is, then you can do anything. Your life can go in any direction and it will. Because you are not in charge of your life. No, but I am. My goals are in charge of my life. My discipline is in charge of my life. My, my focus is in charge of my life. My intensity of my application and the execution of my intelligence and everything else, I'm fully aligned to accomplish my goals. I'm in charge of my life. No one else is. So where did you get your goals from? Oh, God. I prayed about it. Okay. So are you integrated into the local church? Yeah, sometimes. Sounds like it's very me-oriented. So you might give some credit to God. But actually, it sounds very me-oriented. But you need to give some credit to God. Otherwise, you have to face the thing that this is about me. And the very thing that says it's about me is already washing away your future. Because who taught you to make all of those things about you? Who taught you? Come on, we've got to go back to yesterday's teaching. I can't go back to yesterday's teaching. Who made you to think that all those things are about you? The system, the prince of the power of the air that influenced the culture, that influenced knowledge, wealth, power. 
Those things influence you to make you think it's about God, but actually it's about you. So your future's already gone. And you say, no, 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 it's not, it's not, it's not. I've got it covered. I've got it covered. I'll say, well, it depends on the measure. And I'm, I'm so good, I can adapt. I can adapt. Whatever I can do, I can adapt. You can only adapt so far. You can only adapt so far, then something's going to happen and you're going to wake up and you say, I didn't think that could happen to me. Right? Yeah. Oh, Pastor John. Uh, I'm preaching the way that I'm, the way I'm preaching now, I preached this 10 years ago. I preached this 15 years ago. And everybody used to look at me like I'm crazy. Because if you're goal-orientated and you're results-orientated and you think you've got your life figured out, you don't think that anything can, can, bad can happen to you because that you can't manage. Until COVID hit. And then suddenly everybody realized there's things that are happening in the world that you can't control. And COVID only happened three years ago. And so quickly we forgot, actually, not everything we can control. So, these young people here, they are in a place where God is. In this auditorium, people have used knowledge, and they've used uh, wealth and power to accumulate resources. And I'm using, these words, I'm using these words on purpose. They've accumulated resources. Accumulating resources is not the same as having God directing you to the resources. Hello. Accumulating resources is very different to God actually directing you to resources. Because the world was in a very different place 40 years ago. So when you started accumulating resources, it was in a much different place than it is now. And I've got news for you. I got through talking yesterday about BlackRock and Vanguard and various different other trillion dollar investment firms around the world that are really literally controlling economies that are bigger than most world econo uh, country economies, except for China and America. These are investment companies that are bigger than most economies of the world, and they're investment companies, and they are uh, dictating government agendas, and they're, they're dictating economic agendas, and if you think South Africa is not being impacted by it, you just what, watch what Woolworths does on Pride Day. And, 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 or Pride Month. Anyway, I don't want to get into all of that. I must stay focused. So, resources, young people where God is. People with resources can withstand things in the natural which would make them feel like they have a buffer against things in life. And so then they look at young people that don't have resources and they say, we are in a better place than you because we have resources and you don't. And until you get the resources, we are going to dictate what your future looks like. 
And that may or may not be happening in this church. But it's certainly happening in the world out there. The resource owners in the world are telling the younger generation what they must think, what they must how they must go about their lives. And if you do this, then you will get that. And if you behave like that, then you will get this. And if you do that, then you will do the next thing. Can I tell you what the world is doing? They're leaving stones of their own crossing over boundaries, moral boundaries, spiritual boundaries, cultural boundaries that that they are showing their corruption. And as they demonstrate their corruption and their immorality and everything, they're breaking boundaries. And as they break those boundaries, they leave marker stones there to show the way of the generations to come how to live corruptly. Isn't that what they're doing? You think that all the new generation ANC people that are going into government that are trying to wangle contracts with coal miners and with transportation companies and with all kinds of things, you think that they just learned this rust just now? When, the, when, when they took over the, the government from an apartheid government and there was a transition time between governments, they learned from the old government what corruption looked like. Don't let anybody tell me that this is an ANC problem. It is an ANC problem, but it's an ANC problem that they learned from an apartheid government when they took over. They said, oh, this is how it works. This is how you can fandangle the system and and give money to your Bruder Braunt brothers. Corruption is not a single party problem. And it's not just a now problem. Every time corruption has been happening, every time immorality has been happening, people have been leaving marker stones so next generations could follow. And so the world gets more liberal and it gets more dramatic and it gets, there's more things happening. What's God asking us to do? He's coming with His power. And he says, You're, I'm inviting you and I'm asking you to cross over with me into something that I'm going to place my anointing on. And I'm busy asking you to go there with me. Let's cross over together to a new way of doing things. And as we're crossing, we're going to pick up marking stones, just like they did with Joshua. They're going to pick up marking stones. And as the worshipers, as the priests of the Lord who carry the Ark of Covenant, As they go before you, so God will begin to do miracles in front of you. And as the miracles are happening in front of you, you participate in the miracle, you pick up the stones, you walk through with the miracle, and then when you get to the other side, you put a marker stone down so that the next generation of young people can see what God's done. And when these young people have their children, there will be a memorial of a marker where there was a people that listened to God and He did miracles. And you can point back to a people where God was with them. Let me tell you what most people want to talk about. This This is the Holy Spirit that came upon me. Most people... 
when I was preparing for this. Most people want to talk about what happened next. And the next thing that happened is they encamped very close to Jericho. And people often preach about Jericho because Jericho was a miracle marvel. Because God says, you're not going to fight here. No war weapons. No weapons. You're not going to fight here. You're just going to walk around the city and you do what I tell you. And you blow the trumpet and you praise the Most High God. And you do this like this and you follow my instruction. And at the right time when they did it on the last day, the walls of Jericho just kept, they just crumbled in on themselves. And God was so, so specific about it that he was about to obliterate a stronghold of the system. Jericho was so secure in themselves as an entire system. Their walls were so big and so had taken so many years to build that the Bible says that the walls were so thick that two chariots could ride around the top of the walls. So if you take two chariots with horses next to each other, I mean little chariots, and you put them next to each other and you run them, these chariots could run side by side right around the whole city of the wall of Jericho. That's how big the wall of Jericho was. In those days, they didn't even, hadn't even invented those special machines that like large catapults where you could let big stones with fire and stuff go and break walls, right? They didn't have anything like that. Jericho was so secure in themselves that they had built uh, a fortress that could withstand any army, that could withstand any kind of force, and they were so secure in their trade, in their organization, in the power of the engineering, in everything. No one can defeat us. But they had heard about this God that was with Israel. And how he had done miracles that they couldn't explain. But God was about to show himself so strong on behalf of the children of Israel that when they praised him and they just did what he said, he made that city crumble in on himself. It was his intention to completely obliterate that city. To the point that the, he said, no one takes anything. You don't take gold, you don't take silver, you don't take clothes, you take nothing from that city. There can be nothing remaining from this city. And when one man did one thing against what God's word was, people started dying in battle because of that. And God, these whole family had to pay the price and they were stoned to death because he took clothes that didn't belong to him out of the order of God. God was determined he was going to obliterate what Jericho stood for. It wasn't that the people of Jericho were so bad. It was that they were a system that was going to resist the ways of God. They were going to always depend on their own strength. So they, he just said, I'm obliterating it. So are you guys all still with me? I've got 10 more minutes. I've got to go here. God said, I'm going to obliterate the system. Everybody wants to preach about Jericho. 
Everybody wants to preach about how the walls came down. Everybody wants to preach about how uh, people didn't even have to fight the fight. Well, the Lord said to me, John, I want you to back up a little bit. I want you to see actually how they got to Jericho. First of all, the old leaders had to die. In our way, in our world, that's the old way of doing things has to die. And then you have to cross over. And you can't cross over unless I am among you and unless the order of God is right in your house. When you cross over, you take the stones that are from the miracle of your crossing over and you go and build a memorial for generations to come. God's not even talking about Jericho yet. This is all the process and the order of God. The old system's got to die. You've got to start the crossing over period. You've got to take and do things in that and build a memorial so you can remember what God did. One more thing happened. I don't think you're going to like this. God's talking to Joshua. He says, now the old is gone. Crossing over has happened. Memorial is built. One more order has got to be taken care of. All the men, doesn't matter what age, circumcise them. Ish. If you're eight days old, it's one thing. If you're 40 years old, it's a whole different tire, a different matter entirely. Yes? That's not a fun thing. There's a whole lot of pain, a whole lot of blood spilt. But it was the order of God that circumcision had to happen because only circumcision would show that you are committed to the Most High God because it's vulnerable, it's private. And every single day of your life, you will be reminded that you are God's. And he says, before you can do anything, before you can go into any promised land, you have to do the crossing over and then you've got to do the circumcision. So Pastor John, what does that look like with, with you and uh, with us as a church? I don't know yet. Exactly. I don't know exactly yet, but he's going to show us. He's going to show us. For now, we are about to leave landmark. A landmark. A landmark. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then, you know, I've seen things. I, I, I'm not saying this is going to happen now, next week, next year. I don't know exactly the timing of it, but I know that this is what God showed me. That this weekend, God is going to do something. I've got to preach crossover. And then when he got, gave me this message to preach, uh, I said, okay, Lord, I don't know how all this stuff is going to work out. He said, I didn't ask you to know everything. Just the same way I didn't tell Joshua everything on that side of the land. 
I told him to do certain things, and when he got to that side of the land, he did it. And then I said, okay, now circumcision. Maybe if he told them on the other side of the land, the old, those men might have said, you go across. We're not getting <laughs> circumcised. Yes? But once you came over such a miracle, then you understand this thing that we have to do, this is in the order of God, got to do this. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm done for now. The Holy Spirit has, has been prophetic this morning. And uh, the Holy Spirit has had his way and he's had his say. And uh, I know now that for this moment, the anointing has left me and I have to stop reaching. I want you to know this, that it's not because, the, because I've run out of time, because of the clock. This is because the Holy Spirit has just said to me, it's enough. It's enough. It's enough. This is, ah, I didn't even see that. Have a look at that. I said to Pastor Sharon, I said, this whole weekend, I have not one, not one message, this whole weekend have I felt like I've been out of time. Every single time I've known exactly when to stop, how to stop, and, and the moment to stop, I didn't even know this thing was happening here. That's my alarm. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Won't you stand with me, please? What time is our uh, message moment? One o'clock. We have a whole hour and a half to just enjoy fellowship, have something to eat, enjoy, and then let's see what God's going to do in message moments. Hallelujah. Let's see. Let's see. This whole weekend has been supernatural. It's been super blessed. It's been in the order of God. There's not even a moment to think that he's not going to do his order in message moments today as well. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You want to say something, Stephanie? Is something going on in you? Are you okay? You want to say something? No? Are you sure? Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Please put your hand, your right hand on your heart like this. And I want you to just make this declaration with me. I am a child of God. Jesus is my Lord. He is my Savior. My life is committed to Him. I thank you, Lord. From this day forward, you and me, we are a team. I thank you, Lord, that me and this church, we are yours. Together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise I declare that you, for the next hour and a half, if, those are, if, there are, if, there are, if there are you, some of you that have to go back to Joburg, but okay. Okay. So if you have to go, bless you. Drive safely. Be safe. Be full of the joy of the Lord and the Holy Spirit. 
Be at peace. I declare no weapon formed against you prospers. You're blessed going out. And when you get home, you're blessed going in there. I pray that he gives his angels charge over you. That the word of God and the blood of Jesus surrounds you and protects you. And no weapon formed against you will prosper in Jesus' name. I declare that the peace of God rests upon you with such heavy anointing that you feel almost careless. That the peace of God brings such joy upon you that you are just always in that wonderful space of joy and peace in the moment with God. I pray that you will experience the love of God this week like you've never experienced it before. In Jesus' name. I pray that you will have insight into mysteries to unlock financial wells. There will be an earthquake of things that are happening where God's move is creating things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray that you will live under His wonderful anointing every day and every night this week in Jesus' name. Will you agree with me? Won't you say amen? amen. And again? Amen. Won't you say so be it? And again? Amen. So be it. So be it unto you. Thank you for coming. See you later. Thank you.